You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engines! The following is a paid program. Warning, the views expressed come from men who've spent half their lives in grease-stained overalls, inhaling hazardous fluids. Before taking any advice, consider the source. This program will contain humor of a questionable nature. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al. Hit it! Hey, it's a pleasure to be here today. Uh, it's either this or fix my car, so I figured I might as well come Well, way there. easier to come in the studio. It's raining outside today. Yeah. But uh, in here, it's just glowing with information. It is. And we have a, f- a friend in the studio today by the name of Mike Filey, Toronto historian, writer for the Toronto Sun. Mike, good morning. Thank you. Hello, Yarmela. I made it. She wasn't <laughs> sure I'd be able to get down here by myself. No, you're kidding. Well, I said, come with me. You yeah. know where it is in yeah. case I get lost. And, and no, she's, she's with the dog. She's with Sydney. Oh, I thought it was the shape of the car that you were driving. Perhaps <laughs> it was all rickety and, and I don't know. It's a good thing it's downhill. Then I'll make sure to get there for sure. We have a couple of announcements we're going to make. First off, John Bondard is going to join us. He is the head of the Canadian Touring Car Championship, and they're having a race at the Canadian Tire Motorsport Park which we used to call Mossport before Big Bucks came in. And uh, so we're going to talk about the series. They really have grown. They've been around for about 10 years. I knew it when it was just a one sort of make series, and now they've got different categories. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's going to be great today because it is the 2-4 weekend. Exactly. Yeah. Victoria. Um, secondly, we're giving away tickets to the Classic Car Auction. Uh, so if you want to go to the Classic Car Auction, I forgot the date, but I think it's the second week of June. And uh, just do that. We will give you uh, information, and you just pick it up at the Will Call Desk. The Will Call Desk is basically next to the ticket office. You go there, give them your name, your phone number, and they hand you a set of tickets. Alan, when is it on? It's June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, that weekend. There you go. That's next. That's in a couple of weekends. Classic car weekend. Yeah, and it's great. You know, you see all these classic cars. You can touch them, lick them, talk to the owners. Just watch and, your belt buckle, eh? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, friends of mine in the transmission business, Mr. Transmission, used mm-hmm. to be one of our sponsors. They used to give out screwdrivers at these shows. But the show got angry because these kids would go around scraping the cars. So <laughs> <laughs> no screwdrivers. Right when now. I worked at the exhibition, they used to give out stickers. You know, the yes. various people that were flogging products that would give stickers. And you go in the parking lot at the end of the day at the CNE, and there were their stickers all over people's cars. Fascinating. That didn't do much for their public relations. No. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I want to tell you that we have a contest coming up uh, starting June the 1st from Walkaway uh, Debt Protection, and it is. A uh, $500 gas card. That should be about a month's worth of fuel <laughs> on your truck. Uh, smart cars, probably 60 days. And um, that and three t- uh, cards for uh, 100 bucks. You have four chances to win. 
uh, and the contest will start June the 1st. So if you go to our site, davescornergarage.com, you'll see that, but don't enter because it ain't working. And if you're in the market for a, a new car, make sure that you get that walkaway insurance because it's a super thing to have. Nobody expects yeah. to lose their job or you know have a debilitating injury, well, but that will help you out. It happened to a friend of ours that the daughter smashed a car, and he's he's worried he's got to pay the difference on the uh, what's the car's worth and what the insurance is give The but, shortfall or being in the ditch, as they right. call it. And then I'll tell you later about how to get rid of 1-800 numbers, and we got so much. <laughs> and, why do, and why do they keep the bathroom door locked? And, uh, <laughs> this is Dave's Corner Garage. If you've got a car care question, pick up the phone and dial it right now. We'll be right back. Alrighty, and you know, we're listening to Lant Insurance. If you go to Dave's Corner Garage's website and uh, you click on the Lant uh, logo, they the Lant link. The Lant link. That's yes. it. <laughs> it's a Lant link. Uh, you'll see their uh, page for what's going on in Southern Ontario, uh, all the stuff that's going on, like uh, Mustang Sally Rally and the show and shines, everything that's going on in the city. And you have a show going on at uh, the Monday. You being me? Yes. That's you. <laughs> I'm pointing at you, boy. Oh, I couldn't see it on the TV. Uh, yeah, uh, Thornhill Cruisers. Yes. I don't know how many seasons this has got to be. 15? Yeah, I was yeah, going to say 15. Gonna, you were going to say 15? Yeah, yeah. We actually did a television show from Thornhill Cruisers. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we're up again. We keep moving locations, unfortunately. We used to be a, a really neat place at the church at the corner of Bayview and Steeles, but now we're up on Major Mackenzie between Woodbine and 404 on the north side. It's a Canadian Tire uh, has a large store there. There are lots of restaurants and so on, but that's where we're located now. And we start Monday, and while I say Monday evening, there'll be people there about 2 o'clock in the afternoon lined up trying to get their old cars jockeying for position. Do you see cruisers and cruises like that? Are they, is it still viable, or is it our, just our generation that's kind of into that? The only answer, I mean, I go to some of them. Uh, gas is getting prohibitive for a lot yeah. of people now because it's not around the Seriously? corner. Seriously? Oh, yeah. It's not around the corner. And those old cars use gas. I know. and they, Mo- You can and they smell smoke. them as they go yeah. by, right? Yeah. Yeah. But if uh, there's a, a newspaper called Old Autos, and yeah. if you go to the three or four pages in there, in the most recent edition, they're full of events going on all over the province and in New York State. So to haul your car down, a lot of them trailer their cars. Yes. I was just no going to ask you, yeah, because, you know, people spend so much time restoring their cars, and if they're worth a lot of money, they... They put them on trailers. They're trailer queens. Yeah, but, and they also drive like crap, some of them. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, actually, like four actually turns. most of them. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I drove one the other day. There's four turns lock to lock on the steering. You know, like you got to re-armstrong that steering to get it through. The I, steering. I should mention that while they're called classic car shows, we're not limiting it to people with classic cars. We, we love it when people that are perhaps new to the country, uh, new to our way of life, if I put it that way, and I've never seen an old car before. Okay. I mean, they've come from countries where they have old cars, which are their new cars, but when they come to our show, one of the things that really grabs them is chrome. Mm-hmm. And they, they'll bring their children, and we try and get them not to let the car... If you want your kid to sit in the car, ask the owner. Don't just open the door and throw yes. the kid in yeah, and yeah. come back an hour later. But they... We're trying to make the shows more for the general public. Yes, if you have a classic, come on along. But even if you're out for a drive that night or you live around the corner, come and see what these people uh, live and feel and breathe with these old cars. I mean, they're so different than what we have today. 
uh, you can open the hood and you can actually see the floor. Yeah, it's actually true. <laughs> but that, uh, what I really loved about the club was, though, it, it's open to one and all in terms of no matter what kind of car you've got, if you want to park it and shine it, by yeah. all means, you can. You know, it's not like it's an all-English show or it's not an all-40s or 50s no. show. Uh, there'd be cars from the 60s and 70s there as well. When my wife bought my 55 Pontiac for me, I had no idea how to do anything on the car except to f- fill it with gas. And we went to the show, the first Thornhill Cruiser show that we went to, and they descended on the car, the, the, the members. Mm-hmm. And they said, you could do this and do that. So what you learn very quickly is don't just take it into the corner gas station and have the guy practice. You get friends yes. at the shows yeah. that will yeah. help you out. Because uh, it still has a point ignition and the coil of resistors yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, a yeah. wealth of knowledge. I mean, yeah. for, for those people like yourself, Mike, who knew nothing about cars except how to drive them, um, the people there love cars, and they're more than happy to help you, uh, you know, with servicing your car, with, with you know, where to source parts. Sure. Because especially an older car, you just can't go down to the local tire store and find them, eh? Yeah. Um, so you make those connections. And this is where the, the hobby is really good. People are really nice, and they're a big help to you. I love it. You know what? Let's quickly go to the phones. We have a caller from um, Scarborough. They used to tell us never see Scarberia. No, don't no, do we that. We can't see it anywhere. <laughs> All right, Harry's calling from Scarborough. What can we do for you, Harry? Yes, I have a two hundred a two 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 uh, two zero one four uh, Ford Escape, and it's got the two liter turbocharged engine. Right. I notice uh, this particular car and any of the other ones I've looked at, which they seem to be two liter engine. The the, uh, the exhaust pipes right at the back they're always black. Yeah. I've uh, the other thing is I've read some things about uh, turbocharged engines, and I just wonder what your experience is. Are these really uh, re- truly reliable uh, engines? Well, you know, in the old days, no. Um, turbochargers used to puke on occasion. Um, I knew a guy with a Grand National, and it was like once a year. They pretty much they had to redo the turbo in those, and you had to be careful when you were changing the oil to make sure that you didn't let the the turbo fire up quickly. Um, and they, anyways, they, but they've improved them tremendously and the turbochargers now work for an awful long time. I've really not seen any problem with them at all. Um, in terms of the blackness from the tailpipe, um, I haven't noticed it at all. Are you getting decent mileage or is, you uh, feel- you know, that's, that's another, uh, reasonable on the highway around the city, not the greatest, but you're talking about the EcoBoost, I think it's called, right? Yes, that's right. Right. So the other thing about uh, EcoBoost is it's stressing a small engine. So the harder you push it, as far as I'm concerned, the harder it's going to be on the motor. So turbocharging a small motor, it's not a bad idea. It's It still gives you a lot of torque. But there are things you should be doing, such as when you come to a stop and shut the thing off, let it idle for a few minutes so that the turbo can cool down a little bit. It is water-cooled, so that does help. But even in the old days, if you didn't let them cool down before you shut the thing off, the oil inside would actually fry, and the oh. bearings would go pretty quickly. So when you come in and off the highway and it's, it's glowing red hot, give it a minute or two of idle, let it cool down, and then shut her down. But the oil, as Dave said, is, is critical for that car. Yeah. So you want to make sure you change it regularly. You want to use the right grade. Um, if you're, they've gone to synthetic, yeah. stick to it. It's a little more costly, but it does a much better job. Yeah, synthetic is the way to go. Okay. Um, all right? Because the other oil has ash in it. Yeah. And, okay. and th- that ends up coking up the bearings and the, and the turbos will go. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, one of our tenants is a turbo shop, and, mm-hmm. and the biggest customers they have are truck drivers. 
Truck drivers are coming in with diesel engines that are turbocharged, and their oil is always dirty. So you just start it up, it turns black. Mm-hmm. And, and it causes the turbos to coke up. So it's not true. Things don't go better with Cook. No. <laughs> they used to. <laughs> little humor there. Uh, very little. <laughs> All right, Harry, good luck with it. Take care. Thank you very much. You're okay. very welcome. Generally speaking, too, if you're concerned about fuel economy and you don't know if a car's cutting it or not, uh, computers in the car are monitoring the systems all the time. Yes. Um, so if your check engine oil, check engine light is off, there's a good chance it's running normally. But if it's on, don't ignore it because you're gonna, you could do damage to the engine. You're for sure burning more gas. And who likes to do that, especially yeah. at the price of it? Exactly right. And we're going to talk about gas, Joy Gas Stations. Now you came out of Detroit years ago. So let's talk about that. And I'm going to tell you how to get rid of those annoying phone calls from the CRA or uh, the police. I don't know who they are. But I'll get these calls all the time. I've now, for eight days, have not had one of those calls. We'll be Perfect. Right Alrighty, this is Dave's Corner Garage, and I'm Dave Redinger with Alan Gilman and Mike Filey, who is a columnist for the Toronto Sun. And uh, he was actually, you've been in the station for a long time. I've been here? Yeah. Yeah, I came in an hour ago. Long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just before we get started, I did want to tell you, I've been plagued, and I have, to, I have to use the word plagued, by these phony calls from the CRA where you have to get, uh, they tell you they're starting a case against you and, and they scare the hell out of you. And there's also calls from uh, some collection agency that you owe money and if you don't spend it, send it right away, they're going to come and arrest you. There's all this crap. Mm-hmm. So I tried to get rid of it and I couldn't. I kept blocking the calls, but they just changed numbers. Right. So I ended up doing the following. I dialed 1-800 and I just let it, let it go through. And mm-hmm. it ends up that the, it obviously says they can't put the call through. So mm-hmm. now it's on your phone. And so when it's on your phone, just block the 1-800. So block every 800 number. Right. Okay. So you go through, I went through my whole list, I found about 10 numbers that repeat themselves all the time, mm-hmm. 855-845-888, whatever you have that's bothering you, dial just the front suffix, let it go through, let it click off, and then block that thing. And I, for the last eight days, I have been... Not been bothered. Well, exactly. None of my friends' phone numbers start with 1-800, right? Right. Right. So, so block the, them all. The only person that bothers me is Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Uh, question to uh, Mike is, you once told me a story about the Bloor Viaduct and the underneath where the subway goes. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me it, about it's that It's a story. fascinating story. And it, it, over the years, it's been beaten up a little bit. But to be, to be historically accurate, the... Underneath the Bloor Street, what's called the Bloor Street, it's actually Prince Edward Viaduct. Oh, is that right? the correct term for it. Just like the Millwood Bridge is the Confederation Bridge, the one where the car was hanging yeah, off. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was waiting for somebody to call it by its real name, which is the Confederate, because it opened in 27, which was the Diamond Jubilee of Confederation. Oh, of, I didn't know uh, that. See, of the country. That's I why was, you're the historian. <laughs> somebody's got to do this stuff, I guess. <laughs> anyway, the car was hanging from the Confederation Bridge, but nobody ever said they said the Millwood Bridge. The Bloor Street Viaduct, when the Prince of Wales, Prince Edward, was in Toronto in 1919, he drove from the west side of Toronto to the east side of Toronto across this new structure. He didn't stop. He didn't unveil a plaque. He didn't say, well, he didn't say anything, didn't do anything. But they liked the guy so much that they all of a sudden decided to call it the Prince Edward Viaduct, underneath which 
is the right-of-way that was carved into the bedrock, quite frankly, and the supports in the steelwork were increased to take a future, what they called in those days, a tube. Mm-hmm. Mm. Today we call it a subway. In England, it's still a tube. Right. To build the tube that will come sometime in the future as East Toronto grows. Uh-huh. Because at that time, you couldn't get there. The only bridges were down at Queen and Girard. So if you wanted a souffle, how did you do it? <laughs> <laughs> Now you got me. <laughs> so they put in the, the um, it was a, a guy from Chicago that decided to do it uh-huh. and convinced uh, Roly Harris, who always, t- well, he's gone, but he, the claim was that Roly Harris, the works commissioner, was the clever guy, but he actually listened to what an engineer from Chicago suggested was going to happen here in Toronto. It's one of those futuristic things. At the time, people said, ah, you're nuts. And then in 66, when the Bloor Danforth subway opened, it rolled oh, through this facility. Oh, Chicago's famous for gyros, too, eh? Yeah, gyros. <laughs> I, I see the connection now. Yeah. I see that connection. <laughs> I was getting there. I, was <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was in Chicago, all they had was bud. No matter what you ordered, you got bud. <laughs> I'll have a blue. Okay, and it came in as a bud It's bottle. a great way to see the city, but if you travel the subway, looking out yes. uh, of the bridge that now has the... Uh, Anti-suicide mechanism yes. up well, on top. That's what that thing is. That those those uh, nets. I guess. And it's dropped tremendously. It I has. mean, the, the people have now found other bridges, unfortunately. But that the, the luminous veil is what it's called. And yeah. at night, if you if you happen to be in the Don Valley Parkway and you see it lit up at night, well, it's this luminous night. veil. Yeah, it's very it, pretty. It's a piece of art, but yeah. it also has a more important uh, use. Well, a lot of you know they don't talk about it, but a lot of people commit suicide in the subway. And yeah, I, you we, know when we yeah. had a, when my dad had a store on Bloor and Christie, you'd see the people outside the station. Everybody would come out, and uh, you know the, the EMS would go in, and you know exactly what happened. Somebody, they'd fog the place. Yeah, and they'd fog it. Yeah, yeah. You, terrible you know, stuff. Something's not supposed to happen in Toronto. Well, we got a bunch of calls. We're going to take those when we come back, and uh, later in the show we'll talk about. Joy gas bars. We'll talk about that stuff. That's joy. Yeah, seriously. You see the price of gas? There's no joy there. Smaller cars, less gas. <laughs> All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. All righty, welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage, and we're going all the way to Wisconsin, where the snow has just left. Uh, Scott, how are you? Terrific. Good morning. Good morning. You listening to us on the um, internet? Internet. Yeah, yeah, on the interweb. Interweb. Oh, you call it the interweb. <laughs> no, no, just messing with you. That guy on uh, Fast and Loud, or whatever it is, they call it the interweb. You know, <laughs> the guy, the guy, the guy who goes, woo! <laughs> Scott, what kind of car are you driving? What kind of question you got? It's a 2006 Dodge Charger. Mm-hmm. And the issue I'm having is uh, just uh, a couple of days ago, the indicator that... Uh, Gives the tire pressure readings yep. went out completely. The tire pressure monitor, or whatever. TPS, yep. TPS. Yeah, and at the same time, the uh, key fob isn't working. Um, I can't lock or unlock the vehicle with the key fob, so I have to do it manually. The problem is, then when I put the key in the door to unlock it and open the door, the uh, alarm goes off because the vehicle doesn't recognize the fact that. Uh, you're I right, the yeah. car. Exactly. Well, it sounds like, uh, have you checked the fuses? I mean, I would assume that the security system fuse and perhaps your tire pressure could be on the same system. Have you checked okay. the fuses in the fuse box? Well, you know, that would have been a smart thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Well, I assumed you were pretty fart smelling. <laughs> well, <laughs> careful. <laughs> um, you know, I, I thought it probably was more than a fuse, but uh, that it, it could just be as simple as that. Well, question, when you actually use the manual button on the door, will all the doors lock and unlock? They will. They will. So it's just the remote that you're having the issue with. The remote and the tire pressure thing. I thought it was odd that those two... You know, if it's coincidence. Oh, you know what? It, it, no, they 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 multi, they double them up lots of times. I mean, yeah, a lot okay. of times, for example, someone will say, uh, you know, my cigarette lighter. Remember in the old days, we had cigarette lighters in the car. <laughs> it stopped working, and all you did was look and see if the interior light was on because they were usually hooked together. So if that uh, wasn't on, you knew right away it was the fuse. Very good. Yeah, well, check the fuse. It, 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 it could be as simple as that, and and if that's the case, I'll be sure to let you know the good news. All right. Do you have a second remote, by the way? I do, and and neither one. Okay, then I'm pretty much going to be that's what it is. All righty? Good luck. Hey, super. Thank you so Thank much. You. You're very welcome. All Have right, a great weekend. Luck. Interesting stuff, huh? Yeah. I know I noticed that. Um, Most obvious thing. I mean, that's why the fuse box is in the car. Um, they put them in multiple locations now. Uh, you'll see them in the oh. car, under the hood. Uh, in the trunk. So check, check your owner's manual. Mercedes is the worst. We just had a Mercedes. They had three boxes. <laughs> yeah. We just had one in where the power seat stopped working, and uh, yeah. we were able to fix it. I had a tire pressure light that uh, kept blinking on my car. You know what I did? little piece of black tape. Yeah, we call that a ballbectomy. <laughs> <laughs> they do a ballbectomy. Yes, 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 yes. All, All right. right, let's go back to the phones. We're going to talk to Larry. Larry in Toronto. You can't see good? Is that it? Yes, uh, right on. I've got a. I bought a, a 2003 Mustang convertible, mm-hmm. yellow. Nice a convertible, beautiful. But the lenses on the front are, are all uh, of the headlights. Right. I've tried cleaning them with toothpaste and everything else. Nope. Is there any way of cleaning them properly? Do you yep. have um, Do you have an electric drill? Yes. Okay. Well, you can go in and and they sell them. They sell the kit in the store. If you go to the tire store or any auto shop, uh, you can buy the kit. It comes with a, with a buffing pad that you plug into your drill, and it'll come up with two different kinds of um, sandpaper. All oh, right? good. Yes, and they're, they're, they're inexpensive. The whole kit's about 20 bucks, and you can do lots of headlights with them. Oh, great. That's great. And then Are once you, it's... I- and then once it's all done and you get them clean, uh, they usually advise that if it doesn't come with some kind of sealer or chemical, uh, to at least put on some car wax. You can apply some car wax to the to the surface so it won't get as bad quickly. And I disagree. I have a better method. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. I used to use six hundred or or eight hundred paper, and again sand the headlight down. It turns almost white. Obviously, you weren't right? listening to me. Clean that off. <laughs> wasn't listening. And to then me. use a clear lacquer. Uh huh to seal the headlights, and it'll last for years. Wow, that sounds right? great. And when you're selling used cars... One other little thing. Are you still giving out the tickets for the Yeah, cars? we're just going to ask you if you Matter want to Matter of fact, Larry, tickets. just hang on the line. We're going to get your phone number, and we're going to get you some tickets. How's that? Oh, it couldn't be better. Thanks, right. guys. You're very okay. welcome. Have a great weekend. All right, you hear the music, Dave? It's time to go. That's it. We'll be right Where back. are we going? <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, uh, the last caller, Larry. Uh, somehow he lost his call. So if you're listening, uh, call back because we got some back. tickets for you. Yep. There you go. Okay, we're on the phone with John Bondar, who I know for many, many years. He used to be on my show when I was at the uh, TSN, and uh, he is the um, he's the boss of the uh, Canadian Touring Car Champion. John, good morning. How are you? 
Good morning, Dave. Uh, hello from Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Yeah, I got trouble with that, wrapping that name all around my tongue. <laughs> I know. It's raining, still Motorsport. It's raining out there? It's uh, raining, and uh, we just threw the checkered flag on our race, and it was wet the whole time. Oh, good. So uh, tell us about the, the series. Now, you've, you basically have grown into four or five different categories. Yeah, we've got uh, four classes now, so... Uh, CTCC presented by Pirelli. Uh, we're in our 12th season now, and uh, we have four classes of competition. The entry-level category is touring class, and basically, basically, if you got a mini or a Civic, uh, you know, you just need to put some safety equipment in it, and you can come and run. And then our super touring class is uh, just taking that first category and going a little crazy on the motor and suspension. And then our GT Sport is. You know, for sports cars like the Porsche Cayman or the uh, BMW M4. And then our GT Cup category way at the top is for Porsche 911s and uh, Ferraris and Nissan GTRs and cars like that. You know what interests me is is how normal the fees are. I mean, racing is really astronomical. And, and I looked at the fees of your car. Your entry fees are like $7,400 for the year. Yeah, and we we can do that because uh, you know we're we're a smaller group of officials, and uh, one of the things is, you know, the farthest track away is only seven hours, mm. so there's not a lot of uh, big travel involved. So that's how we can uh, sort of keep a cap on things, uh, and also you know it's important to mention our partners. They they provide. Uh, uh, sponsorship to keep the series going and uh, here we are in our 12th year amazing so i still remember when it was just a couple of cars now you've got this whole thing do you televise this no i'm waiting for you to come up with the yeah. deal and the sponsors so uh, <laughs> we can talk about it off air i keep talking to alan but nothing happens <laughs> so there's racing on uh well i don't know if there was racing yesterday but certainly saturday and sunday is that it uh, we started yesterday. This is a long weekend. It's the traditional kickoff for our championship. Right. And we practiced and qualified yesterday. We just finished a race, and then uh, we're going to qualify tomorrow morning, Sunday morning, and race uh, Sunday afternoon. Now, uh, can people buy a package? Can they camp over, or what's the deal there? Oh, yeah. there's uh, This place is full already. It's got uh, There's campers uh, all over the place. There's Tents and trailers and motorhomes uh, filled the park up pretty good. Now, you're going to be at the Toronto Indy, aren't you, this year? No, not this year. Well, last uh, year you were. Uh, you know, it's been, um, we're, you know, we're at the bigger events uh, when we can do a do a deal. Um, in two weeks, we're at Calabogie Motorsport Park near Ottawa. Mm -hmm. And then we get a bit of a break until the beginning of July when we go to Shannonville. And then we get a break again until August when we go to Grand Prix Trois-Rivières. And then back here at uh, CTMP for the NASCAR trucks. And then uh, end of September, we finish our season at Circuit ICAR in Montreal. To question, do all four categories run at all these different venues? Yeah, they do. Okay. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it makes for a great uh, show. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, you know, driving on the 401, but, uh, you know, you're on a racetrack and you're in traffic, so you know if you're if you're racing the Porsche, you got to pay attention because you're coming up on a Honda Civic or a Mini, and at the same time they need to watch for the faster cars. So, oh, hang uh, on, hang on. You mean all these different categories are all on the same on the track at the same time? 
Yes. Oh, oh I, I thought there were different races for each one. Uh, oh, my God. do it. Pile them on at once, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and the real drivers shine. They, you know, they work their way through traffic, and, and you deal with the different situations. And, you know, and, and, and Dave, you know what the pick is. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, if you're coming up on a slower car, you know, you set it up so that you just get by before the corner so your competitor behind has to sit for a bit. A whole lot of trade and paint going on in this races or what? No, no. And because you know what? The cars are, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into the cars. For sure. Expensive. Nobody wants to spend money fixing their cars. So the, the only damage we have is when someone, you know, overdoes it on their own. Goes and, off the uh, road. Yeah, and I know, you know, we just uh, finished a race, and, you know, midway through, we had a driver slide off at the famous corner, too. Yep. And um, so, you know, he dinged up a fender, but he still managed to get back to pit lane. Um, So he's going to have to do some work on it for tomorrow. But for the most part, the drivers, you know, they're, they're respectful. They, you know, they I have want to, tell to be you, running into each other. I, I, when, when, when we were running the Honda Series, Gilles Villeneuve, who everybody knows was um, a race car driver, ended up in F1 with Ferrari. He was out in a, in a Honda, and he was lapping the field. I mean, everybody oh, else yeah. in the Hondas were, was driving normally, and this guy actually lapped the fields in a yeah. Honda Civic. And at the end of the race, I went over and I asked him, how come you're so good in corner two? He says, that's the only one I haven't crashed on. (laughs) There you go. That's exactly it. So, how do we get information on CTCC? Uh, Touringcar.ca and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at uh, CTCC. Right, and you have to be a licensed driver, so you actually have to uh, course and uh, everything else to become a race car driver up there. Absolutely. Okay, good. Thank you so much for the call. That's John Bondar. So uh, something you should go see. If it's more of the weather's nice, scoot up there. It's almost nothing to get in, but it's a great event. And you walk yeah. around and talk to the drivers, and everybody's having a good time. All right, we got to run. This is... Okay, thank you. Dave's Corner Garage, we'll be right back, and uh, we're going to be talking about Joy Gas Bars. You didn't know about those, did you? <laughs> Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage, and uh, just a quick story. Um, let me get him turn the music down a bit here. So, uh, Mike, Mike, the other day, let me just say, about four years ago, <laughs> sent me to Detroit and made me find Sonny's Gas Bar on Joy Avenue, which I have to tell you is not the better part of town. It was so bad. I mean, the brothers were around smoking that the cameraman wouldn't get out of the truck and shot the piece from the truck. And um, let's start with, with Joy Gas Bars. Let's start with that way. Well, for anybody who's been around Toronto for any length of time, will remember a time when there were, I think there were 16 of these joy stations. Yes. Now, to describe them, if you can take a miniature castle, yeah, and that that was the the whole design of of all sixteen was to look the same, but to look like little castles. In fact, one way to bring back a memory is if you're coming into the city along Lakeshore, east, and you get to Windermere on the south side behind a, a chain link fence, is the last of those stations yeah. that used to stand on the north. West corner of Windermere and Lakeshore. But they built a condo there. Yeah, and they said, get it out of here and you can have it. Well, the city in its wisdom said, well, take it out of here, and they put it on the south side. They haven't done anything with it. It's been years, seven years now, it's been sitting behind That's a correct. fence. It's because they couldn't get the troll out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's some people have suggested, what about a, a Toronto souvenir stand? What, what about a, a tourist 
tell tourists about Toronto. Yeah. Do something with it instead of having yeah. it sit there. But what it reminds us of is a time in 1936, probably before your time. Well, well, maybe slightly not, more. Maybe yeah. not. Um, when gasoline, when they opened their first station, their their advertising in the, the old telly newspaper was 31.9 cents a gallon plus six cents tax. That was always a little tag yeah. in, the, in the bottom corner. And if you wanted a number two grade, then that was about three cents cheaper. And Paper. how did they do it? They brought in Romanian gas. Romanian gas? Romanian, from Detroit or from... From, from Romania to Montreal to um, a refinery they had in Montreal and they... They cracked it there. They cracked the oil, and they had the spill off. They called it, um, and brought it to Toronto and put in their stations. But everybody's car ran okay back in those days. I mean, there was no no pollution devices, so they were running Romanian gas, which was significantly cheaper. And of course, when the uh, the, the big guys got wind of it, they gave them all. Ca- they wouldn't let them build tanks to store the gas. They went to the city, and the city said, "No, they're not safe." And it went on and on for years. And I remember them latterly. There were. Uh, Beaver stations, and uh, there were all kind of regent. They were all second grade of Gas the big, big guys. But I, I didn't realize. So they actually were a, a cheaper or an inferior yes. grade of gasoline. Well, I'm not sure inferior. They were certainly not out of the ground here in Canada or the States. They were out of the ground in Romania. Now, is that bad gas or bad oil? I, I don't know, but well, it was certainly cheaper. Here's the story from what I heard was, the president of Packard from uh, 1910 and on was a fellow by the name of William Joy. Mm-hmm. So Joy was the street on which Sonny's Gas Bar was located, and it was Sonny's Gas Bar that actually opened these stations. And they needed a name for the gas, yep. so they called it Joy Gas. Charles Austin was the guy that had the station on Joy Boulevard yes. in Detroit, and he sent his wife across the border, Margaret Austin, yes. and she started up and needed a name, couldn't use Sonny's, so she started up with, where am I from? Oh, I'm from Joy Boulevard. So it became Joy Gasoline. Yeah. And people, as I say, people who grew up in the city, we always, when I was a kid going to high school, we'd make a beeline for Joy because it was always cheaper. Always. And, well, you know, and then when we actually did the filming, it was, Sonny's was still there, but derelict. <laughs> and all the houses around it, there was derelict. It was really a bad area of town. Mm. But I guess during the 30s and 40s, it must have been booming because these were big homes. I mean, these are homes where entire families would be living. When Detroit was yeah, booming city. and the cars were, yeah. My wife told me that they used to go to Hudson's uh, a department store in, in Detroit in the, in the 60s and 50s to, to shop. Yeah, well, so, I can remember going across the border to Good Gulf in uh, in Niagara Falls, where it was, I think, twenty two cents a uh, an American gallon. And they smuggled cigarettes. I I'll tell you another <laughs> a, a quick story yeah. about gasoline, and that's when they converted from imperial gallons to liters. Yes, and the problems they had trying to convince people what one is because they didn't know what they knew Fahrenheit. They certainly didn't know uh, centigrade Celsius. So. They decided they would take a Sunoco station, which I think is gone now, but it was on Jarvis Street, just south of Bloor, and they made that the Canada's first metric gas station. And they put the sign up in front, fourteen point one cents, but they uh, didn't. Liter. Least, but yeah. they didn't put liter. They just said, you know, that's what it is. And people would drive in, and all of a sudden, of course, the conversion. But one guy said, I don't really care because I just say two dollars worth, please. <laughs> and that would always fill up the car. So he didn't, he didn't care what the price was. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to uh, Rick from Holland Lanning, who's got an issue with his Mazda. And just a quick reminder that we uh, are giving away some tickets to the auto auction. So we're going to offer those to Rick. And we'll be right back. 
Welcome back. It's the last segment where we're going to talk to Rick from Holland Landing. And Rick, how are you? It's uh, there you go. I've got a 2013 Mazda CX-9 that I bought one year old as a uh, uh, it was a daily rental. Yeah, uh, I've had it for four years, and I'm just noticing periodically when I shift from neutral to reverse, I hear a bit of a a clunk occasionally. Mm-hmm. My mechanic says it could be the transfer case. What am I looking at here for cost? Um, well, first, it'd be huge money, but I think you got to get to the bottom of it, first of all, because there's lots of things that can go clunk. Um, okay. You know, you could have a problem with a, a worn drive shaft, a, a yeah. CV joint. CV. Uh, you okay. could have an engine mount that's out of it at times. Um, because okay. if there's something broken or, or worn, it would be pretty much regular that you would always get it. Um, you say it only happens once in a while? Yeah, just over the last week, uh, just three or four times. Mm-hmm. And now, there is a bit of oil leaking uh, occasionally again uh, from someplace, not the engine, but somewhere along the line there. Well, has he checked the level of the differential? Because a lot of times it'll be a different plug. It's not the yeah. same as checking the transmission. Um, the okay. differential or the transfer case will have a separate uh, drain plug where you have to uh, you know, check the level and fill it if necessary. Um, certainly, that if the fl- checked every time the car is serviced. Well, absolutely. And uh, if you see something dripping, that would be the first thing to do. High mileage on this? Uh, it's only got 105 on it. I bought it with like 35. Well, that's mm-hmm. not bad. You know, what you can do, um, you know, our old sponsor of ours, Mr. Transmission, Super People, um, if you go by, they will do a road test and certainly check your fluid for you. Um, okay. No charge for that. And uh, you could, you know, if you could point it out, that's the whole key. If you can make it happen so that they can right. experience it, then there's a much easier chance for them to uh, diagnose it. Uh, I've got another question for you. Now, yep. this happens in the morning when you first pull out of the driveway? No. It was actually the car was warm. Car was warm. And the engine yeah. was running at normal speed and not, not racing? Uh, no, it was at normal speed. My wife just uh, shot around town. That's the problem. Back. It's the wife driving the car. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> uh, okay, now the reason I'm asking is because high RPM, when you shift into reverse, you, you are actually torquing the, the drive line. So it, well, it could be like a torque issue. It could be, like he says, is a motor mount. That, that quite obviously could be a problem there, too. So okay. your answer is, actually, go to Mr. T and let him have a quick ride in the car and see okay. what you think. I thank you very much. You're very welcome. Yeah. Okay. And if you want to go to the auction, um, your tickets would be at the Will Call desk. So anybody who's won tickets, go to the Will Call desk when you go there. It's right next to the, the paying tickets, and it's uh, free. Exactly. The Toronto Spring Classic Car Auction. I will be there on the Saturday. Super. Good stuff. Thank Steve you. will be there. The, our audience will be there. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Okay, things you should know. Um, let me just go through my notes here. Ford has started to rebuild the F-150. There was a fire at one of the suppliers, and now they're back to being on full shift. Exactly. It was a magnesium production facility, and it burned up. Yeah. And um, and Ford wasn't the only people uh, who actually, you know, they did like this supplier's sword parts for Ford, but they also manufacture yes. for Mercedes and some other companies. And what Ford did, did you see the video on this, Dave? It was really yeah. neat. They actually flew in. They, they came to the plant, removed all the manufacturing stuff for their parts, 
and they flew it to a different location altogether and had it set up within a couple days because it was costing them millions of dollars in, yeah. in lost production. Well, you know, when I visited the Ford plant, if, if every one of the guys that installs parts mm-hmm. has a certain period of time for that to happen, and as the thing moves along the line, it, there's a yellow line, and then that turns into a orange line and then a red line. Mm-hmm. So if it hits the red line, somebody throws a switch and the line stops. Right. And and the guy gets to finish his task, and now the line speeds up incrementally till they make up that lost time. Right. So they're really serious about losing trucks because you lose one truck, and how much that's fifty grand. So uh, interesting story there. The other thing was I noticed that a lot of brands lately have been skipping the auto shows. Volkswagen just announced that they're skipping the twenty eighteen Paris Auto Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been quite a bit of announcements portion that our BMW are not in the Detroit Auto Show. Why? Why do you think they're not going? They're not getting the buzz. They're not getting those shows are dying. Right. You know everything's available on the internet. And people don't go to car shows as much as they used to. We're still very very strong here in Toronto, and I think a lot of it's because of the weather. It's mm-hmm. winter. The chance to get out. Well, the nice thing about the car show, it's it's multifaceted. In other words, they have stuff for kids. You don't just have to be a gearhead to go to the show. Yes, yes. And so there's lots of different things there. Right. Uh, Tesla, which stock I've been watching, has dropped like a stone. They lost like 30 bucks just in the last couple of days. You know, what blows me away is that they've never been profitable since day one. (laughs) And they announced they need like $10 billion to get this all done. They are restructuring, as a matter of fact, as we speak. Right, so it shows you how hard it is to bring to to change the car industry. How hard it is to start introducing electric vehicles into the industry as the first pioneer. The other thing that hasn't helped is that they've had some fires on Tesla vehicles after collisions, eh? And uh, this self-driving stuff, a lot of people have got problems with that. Uh, there was another crash just recently where they confirmed that it was on self-driving mode. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, a lot of interesting things going on in the market. This is one of the most amazing industries in the world. Constantly changing, up and grading, and uh, yeah. things are happening. Yeah. And because everybody, a car is a personal item. So, I want to thank you for joining us. Mike Filey. Me? Yes. Oh, it's been great. Alrighty, Mike writes a lot of books, so if you want to look up at a great writer, now you know. And if you've got a classic car or you just love cars, make sure to check out Canadian Tire. Where is it? It's on the north side of Major Mac between 404 and Woodbine on Monday uh, afternoon and evening at Thornhill Cruisers. Come and look at our cars. And it's free. It, absolutely. There you Thank go. you very much. <laughs> All right, everybody have a great weekend. Keep the shiny side up and the greasy side down. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.